This podcast is presented by Rabbi Peretz Muchkin, speaking to the millennial generation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Rabbi Peretz podcast. With our life still being under the pressure of an unknown future, where could we find sustainable inspiration, sustainable hope, joy? The Jewish answer is, look to your roots. And at your roots, you will find the recessive gene of resilience and the ability to not only overcome your obstacles, but celebrate them. So how do you look to your roots? How do you really discover what you're really about? So there are several ways. Today I want to talk about one of the most important ways, which is to look to the moon. Well, it may not feel like your roots because you're looking up out to the sky, but the reality is we are the moon. Let me explain. The moon as our calendar is both a metaphor and a symbol. And it is as well our keeper of time, but not just of elapsed moments and celebratory times, but an actual internal clock of what is happening around us. See, the moon is obviously whole all the time, but only a part of it makes itself available to us until once a month it reaches its peak full moon where it is at its total goal of being an edifice of reflective energy and reflective light. So our calendar being lunar, made up of 29 and a half days per cycle called the month, and each month's moon has this process of waxing and waning and tells its own story. The month that we are in is called the month of Av. Av means father, and Jewish tradition has been to call it Menachem Av, the comfort of father. And it is known that this month is the most difficult month for the Jewish people. Historically, this month has had one more difficult, oppressive challenge than the other. A few notables, both temples were destroyed on the same exact day, the 9th of Av. And on the 9th of Av, the, the edict to publicly uh, set forth the Inquisition of banning the Jewish people from the Spanish kingdom under Ferdinand and Isabella began on the 9th of Av as well. So we have some pretty difficult history. If you look online, you'll find just a plethora of things that happened to us on or around this date. And it's ironic because the energy of this month, Leo, the lion, is one of bold and confidence. And in the world, this is the month usually for summers and enjoyment and throwing off the yoke of work to spend more time outdoors and relax. In fact, even during our time, you look to the news, people talking about how hard it is to not go to beaches and not in young people just going to bars, going out, because how much longer can you stay in? And there's a force with it, and that is the Leo force of being out there and confident. And yet for the Jewish people, the Leo force doesn't feel very friendly. In fact, in the Talmud, it says that came the lion and devoured the lion. And what the metaphor was, was in the month of Leo, the month of the lion, the lion known as Nebuchadnezzar 
came and destroyed the first Beis Amikdash, the first temple, which was ruled by the tribe of Judah, known as the Lion of the Jewish people. So came a lion and devoured the lion. So it's almost as if the energy and confidence of this month has been sort of wrapped up and swallowed by the greater world around us. And how appropriate it is to talk about it this way, where we feel this incredible squeeze and containment of our own hopes and dreams within context of the way the world is today. In addition to this, energetically speaking, idea of the month, you have simply the recessive gene of ancestors who have struggled deeply. In a conversation recently with one of my friends and and learning partners, we spoke a lot about this idea that there is deep recessive genes within us of those who have survived from Holocaust to way further back traumas, even ancestors we don't remember, and how they play a part in our psyche during a time that we all struggled with. So, I'm sorry if I made it feel like this is even more difficult. We began, where do you find sustainable energy and love? And here we are, the opposite, finding an incredibly difficult time in a difficult historical time for us to be able to figure out what to do next. And once again, we got to look towards the moon. The 15th day of the month of each Hebrew month is the full moon. And the full moon this month, known as Tuba'av, or 15 of Av, is somewhat significant in history. It has some beautiful ideas in it that like today was the day that the generation that was going to enter the land heard that they would enter the land. Today was the day historically when they would finish chopping the wood for the rest of the season. In other words, the wood in the temple had to be perfectly dry, so they would stop chopping it on the 15th day of the month of Av, representing the beginning of the cycle towards its use in the temple. And with that, the mysticism of what it means to uh, burn and create fire, etc., so there was fanfare around that in ancient times. In addition, the 15th of the month was known as the holiday of love in Jewish calendar. And the Jewish love idea was that at the end of, towards the end of the summer, the 15th of Av, those who were single would go and mingle and hang out in the wineries and in the areas of vineyards and all dressed in white and be able to sort of shed status and be able to go and talk and connect and be, find a way to be in rhythm with one another. And those those all those ideas have beautiful historical connections and totally worth reviving. In San Francisco, my wife and I hosted a yearly white party. We would dress in wife, white and get together outdoors and sort of bring in this holiday of love into Jewish consciousness. But when you turn to the end of the Tractate Tinus, which is all about different fast days in the Jewish calendar, or when it is permissible or not permissible to fast, it ends with a very fascinating idea that the 15th day of the month of Av is as great as Yom Kippur and is greater than all holidays of the year. So you read that line and you're like, well, are they talking about the single people mingling, getting together? Maybe. Are they talking about this wood chopping ceremony? What are they talking about that this moon, this full moon, is actually the greatest holiday of the year? Greater than Passover? Greater than Sukkot? Greater than Hanukkah? What could it mean? So let's take a step back. With all the trauma around us and with all the difficulties that are happening both now and historically in this time, it is worth thinking about the nature of challenge in the first place, the nature of darkness. Out there in the world, 
the only way to explain it is, is that there are forces that are opposite the divine, all-powerful force of divinity that pulsates within everything. There's actually a second force, and that second force is in a tug-of-war between good and evil. But in Jewish tradition, all emanates from godliness, and it is merely light not going in the right vessel which is an oversimplification to say that evil is not in and of itself bad, but it is the result of constantly turning into the wrong thing or energy not eventually being situated for what it is. And these could be very nuanced. You know, sometimes it just begins, where does evil come from? Evil can start very innocently with just small, let's call it sociopathic tendencies that are not analyzed and looked at and like, ha, I could be better and I could do more than what's happening over there. In other words, constant work on ourselves and constant self-work, which is so much of our life is just constant self-analyzing so we can grow and become better at ourselves every day has so much to do with combating the nature of where evil comes from. Or it's almost like in, 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 a, in, a, in a plausible sense, without being educated, it's easy to be manipulated. The idea that for things to grow in, a, in, the, in the difficult direction, in a tumorous, cancerous direction, there are other unhealthy, imbalanced things that are contributing to that. And at the core of fixing it is getting to the root of what things are. So at the root of the Jewish person, or at the root, for that matter, of what Judaism wants with being a human being is, is that a human being is here to reflect the light of creation itself. When you tap into the utmost pinnacle beginning of everything being in total unison, all being divine presence and being, everything being, quote, the presence of godliness, how does something else begin? Where does that bang, that evolution, that world, that creation, that design come from? Well, it all begins in a pinnacle desire, a desire to have a relationship. The one thing you don't have when you are everything is somebody else to reflect you, to feel you, and to acknowledge you. And at the depth of what the reason for all of creation is, you go to the deepest mystics and to the deepest theology in Judaism, it is for God to be in a relationship with you. And that personal relationship affects us in such a dynamic way in every part of our life. We are constantly looking to be acknowledged and to be felt and to be loving. The thing is, in order to feel love, you also need to give love. It has to happen in both ways. And because in the level of desire and this desire for God to have a relationship, the only way it really works is for something to choose it, for free choice to be activated. And in order for the activation of free choice to happen in the human spirit, what was required was what the Lurianic Kabbalistic system calls the tzimtzum, the concept of concealment or better yet contraction, to be able to suspend the space of self to allow for someone else to be. So in the suspension of godliness, for there to be a world, and this world ultimately for it to choose the human being at the pinnacle of this, to choose godliness, and in that choice, create an ascension of both ourselves and of divine spirit, for that to happen, there needs to be a suspension. And it's within that suspension that all darkness receives its energy. 
And in order to be able to go beyond darkness and beyond challenge, you have to tap into something that is before the suspension, which is plain and simple, the desire to have the relationship in the first place. This is one of these cardinal principles in Jewish thought that needs to be thought about and meditated on and worked on. And I'd like to do more of that with you in maybe coming podcasts or conversations. But for our purpose today, the idea here is, is that the moon as our calendar and the moon as the symbol of the Jewish people, where the Zohar calls us the moon of the world, is the moon's job is to reflect the light of the sun. And in reflecting of light, it is easy to mistakenly believe that you are nothing because if you are just a conduit of reflection, then what am I? But in reality, we are the mirror towards one another. We constantly reflect our lives based on the world and environment and the people that surround us. And so much of our existence could actually be called reflection. You get to such a point where you realize that the only energy that actually continues and perpetuates and is sustainable in the world is reflective energy. For example, if you create something anew, like you create a chair, the chair does not perpetuate itself. It has a utilitarian use. But if you create a love connection with somebody, a, a, a relationship, a deep bond, let's go all the way, you get to a place of intimacy Well, there you reflect such deeper vibes and energy that it goes above and beyond any utilitarian force. In fact, it infuses all of the utilitarian aspects of your life with this incredible energy. So let's take it back to our calendar exactly, to the moon. Each and every month, the moon has a metaphor of even though you cannot see the moon, it is certainly whole. That means that even when you don't see the reflective energy of an individual, it does not mean they're not whole and doesn't have the capacity to be able to reflect this incredible depth. So each month has this message, and it is of no surprise that Passover was on the full moon, and that Purim was around the full moon, and that Sukkot, our holiday of joy, is around the full moon, and that every month the Jewish people have a specific blessing for the new moon. Each and every month has this incredible ability for us to tap into the message of the moon, of this cycle of life. And when you type into the cycle of life, you realize that the energy is always there, but the process and what the process is for is so that we can activate free choice in order to be in a relationship that is purely about reflecting the depth of one another and uplifting one another's spirit, both godliness and the creation itself. And the creation to have that voice needs an incredible amount of self assessment. And in self-assessment, to see ourselves, to activate free choice, to be in the relationship, requires the vision of the moon to see how it generates. But the truth is, the moon is always whole. And yet, only once a month we see it in its glory. So now let's get back to our month. Our month of Av is interesting because Av means essentially father or masculine. And the moon is feminine entirely. The Jewish people being reflective of the moon shows up in its source of souls. The source of the Jewish souls is called the Shekhinah. And Shekhinah is the feminine energy of godliness as it manifests in this world. 
So the feminine energy known as reflective light is because the main aspect of femininity is the vessel, the womb, the ability to nurture energy and to perpetuate sustainable life forms, whereas masculine energy struggles very deeply to make sense of its life because the man is not able to create a vessel naturally and in part of who it is. It has to go outside of itself to try to facilitate a vessel. Thus, all the years that men were taking advantage of women by brute force, or for that matter, being chauvinistic, those ideas were a corruption of the job of what it means to be a man in this world. And if there was any message in Judaism is, is to tap into feminine light, to be able to see ourselves and both man and woman as this reflective ability to nurture, bring light hope and joy and sustainable power to the world through our vessel because all creation essentially's highest functioning tool is feminine reflective light that means to a certain degree the moon is the highest luminary as it represents true creation and the ability to reflect incredible light and really the moon is whole all the time and there is this vision that one day the moon will be complete and it will be full every night. Now, I don't know if that means that the moon somehow will be full moon every night for everywhere in the world, or maybe we'll be like Saturn or Jupiter that has, uh, I think, uh, 52 named moons on Saturn with hundreds more in sight and even more in Jupiter. But in reality, uh, they have moons being able to be seen in their wholeness every moment from the surface. In that matter, that is an inspiring note to us that when we see a full moon, what we really see is ourselves as the ultimate reflective light. But when you reflect light, you are not less of than the sun. You aren't less than the energy you're reflecting. On the contrary, without you there to reflect that light, the light doesn't matter at all. Without us being able to tap into the ultimate desire of this relationship, then all of it doesn't really matter coexist. It doesn't matter and there is no hope and ascension. In our month, the greatest travesties and challenges of the Jewish calendar, this shows us that immediately when the full moon comes, the full moon now represents that the difficulties and challenges that we face are the contractions and the space being made for us to activate free choice and find a way, any way whatsoever, to make an impact. And this month, as difficult as it is, the Talmud tells us that this moon is the greatest moon in our calendar and in the future will be the most sustainable, complete moon of our lives and will be the greatest holiday in our calendar. And it already shines within us. What does it mean to be the greatest holiday? The greatest symbol of overcoming our difficulties will be seen by this moon. The greatest ability to see the human journey and the challenge it takes to be a successful person will be recognized and activated and more importantly, actualized by being able to tap in to the moon of 15th of Av. And in this whole incredible cryptic mystical journey, 15th of Av is already also connected to the mission of being a human being. The mystics tell us that 40 days before a child's born, they can the the there's a connection to the the preconception, the conception of it all. And conception 
which happens in a couple in their own intimate setting, is not actually the day we celebrate of a child. We celebrate the birth of the child. But really, it's in the conception that you could see what was really going on, the love, the bond, the intimacy, the connection between the two people coming together to produce this incredible idea. And in 40 days from this 15th full moon is what? The 25th day of Elul, which is the beginning of the creative cycle in Genesis. So it is by no coincidence that when we talk about the future, we talk about the celebration of intimacy, and more importantly, we talk about the celebration of pre-contraction, pre-challenge, pre-suspense, but back to the original desire and intent of our whole creation in the first place. So this moon is here to take us to new heights and to inspire us to think of a glorious future of intimacy, connection, growth, and presence of divine energy in your life that makes you feel that everything you're going through and all that you're dealing with is perfectly curated for you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope to keep this discussion going with you, whether it's on Instagram at Rabbi Peretz or my email at word at rabbiparetz.com. Enjoy the play-out music by Avram. Looking forward to being in touch.